Welcome to the Heart and Soul Wellness Podcast, where we inspire women by teaching applicable skills and tools and assisting them with connecting with one another, healing, and aspiring to their highest selves so they can reach their full potential. joining us today. Today we're talking about healing from narcissistic abuse and reclaiming your life. And um, as I as I share this, one thing I want to make very clear is that this podcast and this episode is for anyone who is in a relationship with a narcissist, thinking about leaving a relationship with a narcissist, uh, exploring options, and even someone who's considering staying with a narcissist. So the first thing I want to go over is the power and control will. Um, this is a very helpful tool for um, to identify and really think about what are some of the um, some of the things that you're experiencing when you're in a relationship with someone who may be choosing to use control as a manipulative tool. Okay, so the first thing that we want to look at is using intimidation. Okay, so intimidation is making her afraid by using looks, gestures, smashing things, destroying her property, abusing pets, displaying weapons. So using intimidation is a way of making you afraid. It's using threats, it's using words, actions to to basically control another person, right? So emotional abuse, that's the second one on this wheel. Uh, using emotional abuse is putting her down, making her feel bad about herself, calling her names, making her think that she's crazy, um, making her feel guilty. So using emotions, uh, again, as a manipulative tool, um, basically to exercise control. Oftentimes it's used to, you know, attempt to get what the narcissist may want um, in a in an argument or a fight. The other uh, manipulative tool or um, tactic that may be used is using isolation, controlling what she does, who she sees and talks to, what she reads, where she goes, limiting outside involvement, using jealousy and just to justify actions. Okay, so using isolation um, is, is interesting and it may be difficult to understand because, or really pinpoint because it, you may find that the person that you are with is actually um, starts to slowly say things about your family, you know, and over time uh, may become more and more difficult to hold a relationship with your family and the narcissist. Uh, oftentimes this looks like uh, slowly trying to pull you away from your social support, from your family, from other relationships that are important and healthy for you. Um, again, this all comes from um, feelings of insecurity that your partner may have and then is, is that are then using to, um, to prevent you from having the supports that you need in your life, um, especially when you're dealing with unhealthy behaviors with your partner. So um, the Next one is minimizing, denying, and blaming, Make, making light of the abuse, not taking her concerns about it seriously, seeing, saying the abuse didn't happen, shifting responsibility for abusive behavior, saying she caused it. Okay, so one of the ways that this is used is by, um, uh, you made me do this, 
you're crazy, your emotions are out of control. I'm just trying to protect myself. Um, minimizing and denying what happened. So if you explain how something made you feel, um, if that was like a physical altercation or if it was something else that happened, there's like a minimizing of what happened. And then the shifting responsibility is it's all of a sudden you feel very responsible for everything that just happened. So an example might be, say you're with a partner and all of a sudden that they start punching holes in the walls or start damaging your property. And then all of a sudden it's turned around when you say, hey, I didn't like the way that made me feel when you punched holes in the walls or when you engaged in this really scary behavior, it may look like, oh, you have no idea what I'm going through. Um, there may be, you may all of a sudden feel responsible because it, all of the responsibility may come back to you in terms of what you did, um, how you made your partner feel. And then all of a sudden you're in a place where you may be taking on this responsibility instead of your partner taking ownership for the destructive behavior that just occurred. Using children is the next one. So make using children, making her feel guilty about the children, using the children to relay messages, using a uh, visitation to harass her, threatening to take children away. Okay, so then children are used as also as a manipulative tool, either that I'm gonna take your children away from you if you leave me, or other tactics may be used, um, making you feel guilty about the way you parent or, um, all many different ways that this shows up, but, and then again, um, using children to relay messages or, um, uh, me making you feel guilty about the children by, by then, uh, criticizing you or attacking you for your parenting styles, things like that. Using male privilege, uh, treating her like she's a servant, making all the big decisions, acting like the master of the castle, um, being, the one to define men and women's roles. Okay, so this is a very defined, um, I'm the man of the house, here are the rules, and you basically need to go along with what I wanna do. Um, so there's not as much proactive decision-making together. Instead, this looks like um, I define what needs to be done in this house, and then the idea is that you're, um, you then are accommodating um, you're basically, um, going along with whatever your partner is saying needs to be done. Um, but this male privilege is something that is embedded in our society. And it's one that, um, it, it's one that it comes from oftentimes a long line of abusive behavior and mentality and socialization around men. This can happen with women too. I want to make that clear that I acknowledge that, that men and women can both be victims of um, domestic violence. However, for the purpose for this podcast, I'm, we're going to specifically be talking about how this affects women. So um, basically what this looks like is, is you going along. Okay. The next, um, the next section on our power and control will is using male privilege. So treating her like she's a servant and um, making all of 
making all of the big decisions, acting like the master of the big castle, and the one to define men and women's roles. So there is a power dynamic going on where someone has all of the power and the other person does not have power or control. Very disempowering when relationships are set up this way because we are all have this innate desire to contribute to rules and creating change and adapting with one another and working together. However, when relationships are set up this way, um, it leaves very little room for uh, working together. And what these relationships look like often are somebody has all the power and control and then the the partner often is just kind of grasping for what for what you can get, right? To have some sort of sway in the relationship. And um, the power dynamics are way off, very unhealthy dynamics, obviously. Um, and then the men and women's roles are are very, very defined, meaning there's not a lot of collaboration or working together in, in this way at all. Um, using economic abuse, preventing her from getting or keeping a job, making her ask for money, giving her an allowance, taking her money, not allowing, letting her know about or have access to the family finances. Okay, so what this looks like is um, not a working together around finances, but again, somebody has all the power and control. So with finances, it may be that you get an allowance. It may be that, um, that you don't have much control or say in how the finances are handled. Um, you may be in a position where, um, like, like I said, either you are receiving an allowance or not, not allowed much control in terms of finances and financial decisions. This may look like somebody's separate accounts. Somebody who may have all the power and control over the finances. Um, not a healthy dynamic when you're building a relationship. A healthy relationship, you're sharing financial control, you're working together on finances. Um, I, I understand that there are some couples that agree with um, doing separate accounts. However, it just takes a lot of power and control from couples working together and solving problems together. So the next one is using coercion and threats, making and or carrying out threats to do something to hurt her, threatening to leave her, to commit suicide, to report her to welfare, making her drop charges, making her do things. Okay. So this is a very common one that we often see with narcissistic abuse. And what this looks like is um, threatening that if you leave me, I'm going to commit suicide. Um, that is very, very common. It's a way of emotionally controlling and manipulating a person. Um, so by saying uh, I'm going to commit suicide, then you all of a sudden feel very trapped to then take care of this person. And these threats, once it's discovered that this threat works, it's oftentimes used over and over and over again as a manipulative tool. Um, let's see, um, making her drop charges, making her do Ill illegal things. Again, a lot of coercion, threats, um, threatening. Threats could show up in very many different ways. There's lots of ways that you could feel threatened. Um, but again, it's like, if you do this, I'm going to do this, right? So it's this escalation of power and control. Um, 
Okay, so that is the power and control wheel. I'm going to include a copy of this in the show notes so that you can review it. And so the biggest thing that I want to really talk about right now is how you can reclaim your life if you are in a relationship with a narcissist. Okay, so this is the power and control wheel. And it's very common that if you are in a relationship with a narcissist, they are engaging in very abusive it's very common that narcissists engage in abusive behaviors. Not always, but very common. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about some of the um, some of the things to look for to identify whether you are in a relationship with a narcissist. Okay, so now we're going to talk a little bit about narcissism and what it is. Okay, so narcissist behavior, um, the first thing I want you to know is it comes from a deflated sense of self. Okay, so... Um, a lot of times uh, we have this conversation of narcissists have this very inflated ego and the, in actuality, the narcissists have a very small diminished ego. And that's why you see all of these attention seeking behaviors as a way of um, feeling better, creating more of a sense of uh, grandiose kind of uh, mentality. That's where the grandiose mentality comes from. Um, wanting to feel bigger than how I feel on the inside. Um, narcissists um, have a tendency to engage in emotionally, physically, sexually abusive behavior. And sometimes this also shows up in the need for uh, seeking sexual gratification with multiple women as a way of also building up the ego. So each narcissist is totally different. I'm not saying that this is how all narcissists behave, but it does give us some uh, information about some, some signs to look for. Okay, so I'm just gonna go over a couple of what we look for as clinicians uh, when we're looking for somebody who has narcissistic personality disorder. So I'm gonna go through all of them just because I think it's a helpful tool to kind of understand how to maybe identify if you are with somebody who's engaging in narcissistic behavior. Um, so one is a sense of entitlement. So a sense of um, entitlement to people, possessions around them, okay? There's a huge lack of awareness of how other people are affected by their behavior, but yet feel very entitled for the things that they deserve in life. This may look like um, this idea or negative belief that, you know, they deserve to have a wife who is always cleaning the house and taking care of everything and that they should just go to work and come home and, and not participate in the family chores and responsibilities. One of the factors with narcissism is a huge shift of responsibility. So a lack of being willing to take responsibility for the different areas in their life. So that's a very, very, very common thing. Oftentimes, if you approach a narcissist um, in, in just a respectful manner and saying, hey, this is what happened, this is what I experienced, I'd like for this to be different, you may feel very, um, you may feel very attacked if you bring up just even a normal, normal concerns, uh, relationship concerns, um, narcissists do not take responsibility. They don't, they view themselves as a victim. 
And so, um, and so it's often, so in a situation like that, there wouldn't be responsibility that would be taken. It's likely that um, it may look something like, well, you caused it. Um, you're the reason why this is happening. You're the, you're the reason why I reacted the way I did. Things like that. Okay, I have two more things that I want to go over with you when it comes to uh, narcissism and two important things that will be important for you to, to know and be aware of. One is self-directed need for approval and praise. And then the other one is a lack of empathy. So let's talk about approval and praise first. So uh, narcissists have an extreme need to be admired by the people around them. That is why you will see narcissists in high positions. Um, you may see them in a clergy position. You may see them um, serving in a public office. You may see them um, in a position of, of high responsibility. Um, it's very common that narcissists are very charming. They have a lot of skills in terms of um, being liked by people, really, truly. So there is this need for admiration and approval. Now, we all want some approval. Um, of course, like we're driven by connection and community and all of these things are really important. But the narcissism is just about things being out of balance. Okay, so um, it becomes malfunctional or dis dysfunctional when somebody um, when somebody takes it to the extreme. Okay, so where there's an obsessive need for approval and admiration by others. Okay, now this is also on a spectrum. We have mild, moderate, and severe. Some people have mild narcissism. Some people have moderate, and some people have severe. When it comes to the lack of empathy, this looks like um, experiencing something very difficult, painful, or hard, even something may, perhaps the narcissist has done to you, and they are not able to demonstrate empathy for what you experienced by their actions or behaviors. In the context of it being something that somebody else has experienced outside of the narcissist, the narcissist may seek out to help to receive uh, approval, but it's not directed by an intrinsic sense of goodness. It's, it's driven by typically wanting to build up the ego and wanting people to admire the narcissist. And the, the admiration that the narcissist receives is how they cope with the anxiety and the diminished sense of self that they have. So I hope that this is helpful. In terms of um, your healing process and your journey, this is really helpful just to be aware of lack of empathy, entitlement behaviors, and approval behaviors, because you're able to see that this is about the narcissist imbalance in their life, and it's not about you. And you didn't cause it, you can't cure it, and you can't control it. It's it's all their choices and their actions, and um, I hope that this is helpful with taking a step back and finding yourself and coming back to a sense of security and safety within yourself because you may not feel, you may or may not feel safe with your partner. So, okay, so the next piece that I want to talk with you about is reclaiming your life. There's two books that I highly recommend. One of them is um, Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft. 
And the second one is Daily Wisdom for Why Does He Do That by Lundy Bancroft. Uh, Lundy has done some significant work in terms of domestic violence, abuse, and really has some tremendous resources with helping you to heal and reclaim your life and, and see things clearly when you're dealing with some really difficult situations. Um, I, I often just really encourage my clients to increase their support system. One thing that's going to help you to see clearly is to have a very positive support system. Even if it's just one day a week doing something, getting out and dancing, going to the gym, um, finding something that you want to do for yourself. It is really critical that you do that so you can step out of the chaos that you may or may not be experiencing. The second thing I recommend is movement. Movement has been proven to help the body to heal when we're healing from trauma, healing from different things. And it's going to help your mind with being able to function and see clearly and manage your, your own emotions. Having a safe person that you can talk to is critical. Having someone that you can go and talk to when things get really difficult or hard and you need someone to help you to find some clarity and even remind you of that you deserve to be treated with kindness and respect and to hold on to that that belief and ideal that you do deserve to be treated with kindness and respect if you are choosing to stay with a narcissist there are people who choose this route it's there's nothing it's up to your own, your own path to decide where you want to be on this journey and so there's no judgment However, what I would say is if you are choosing, you want to do a lot of education for yourself around boundaries. Whether you're staying in a relationship or still need to communicate with a narcissist, maybe you have children with them, but being very clear with your boundaries and also not engaging in, in communicating too much about emotions the reason, the reason why is because those are often used against you uh, when you're dealing with a narcissist, when you're working with a narcissist. So you want to be very clear and direct about your boundaries, what is okay, what is not okay, those types of things. Yeah. Um, and then with reclaiming your life. Um, healing from narcissism does take time. My recommendations are to get involved in some EMDR, um, perhaps like a yoga class, get involved with um, spending time with yourself in ways that it feels safe and finding some ways to express what you've experienced, whether that's through poetry, whether that's through art, whether that's through journaling, but engaging in some healthy self-expression is really critical. And reminding yourself and writing down, this is not about me. This is not my fault. I do not deserve this behavior. So that you can remind yourself and so you can see clearly in the moments where there, um, where it's difficult to see things clearly. Um, and then I recommend reaching out for re to resources. Safe Harbor provides some classes to assist women with um, healing from 
emotional, physical, or sexual abuse. Uh, Heart and Soul Wellness offers Embracing Your Authentic Self, which is a treatment program designed specifically to helping women with reclaiming their lives after they've experienced trauma. Um, And I cannot say it enough, get involved in a community. Get involved with other women. You're gonna feel strengthened as you're engaging in activities that feel nurturing to you and and setting aside the ones that don't. So even writing a list of activities that feel nurturing and safe to you identifying the ones that don't, and as much as you can, increasing the nurturing activities and decreasing the activities that create more distress, trauma, and chaos in your life. Above all, you absolutely can get through this. You absolutely can find some stability through this process, and there are people to help you. Um, finding a professional that you can trust during this time is is very, very critical as you're healing from narcissistic abuse. Um, if I can help out in any ways, please let me know. Uh, you will find in the show notes um, the domestic violence, power and control will. And you will also find some of the other resources that I've mentioned. Um, and I will also include a safe coping skills list that you can that you can just write some of these things down but just remember to keep moving forward and i look forward to seeing you guys next week thank you thank you for listening to the heart and soul wellness podcast with your host sarah carter make sure to like and subscribe and if you have any thoughts about what we talked about today leave a comment also you can find us at heartandsoulwellness.org and on facebook and instagram Join us again as we continue to help women heal, connect, and aspire to their true and authentic selves.